labor six years ago, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to have a, 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 a child that has the same birthday as me, and it's late at night, she's ready to give birth, and, and it's about, well, what time was it, baby, about 10.30 at night, and uh, they, they asked me, go put your scrubs on so you, you can get ready for this, so I go to the bathroom, I'm changing, and I'm thanking God, and I said, God, wait, if we can wait till midnight, okay? that's where I messed up already, okay, if we can wait till midnight, I go, I'll have, I'll have a child that's born on my birthday. That is awesome. And then focuses off of me. It's on her now. It'll be awesome. That's just me personally, right? And I ended up um, going, getting ready. I'm walking to the door to the room. And I said, hey, doctor. She goes, don't even think about it. At midnight, I'm in my bed already. And I said, okay. <laughs> so Mila was born like at 11, or actually at 10, 50, 55-ish at night. So an hour shy of my birthday. So, that's, so when May comes, I think about her, I think about Jeremiah, which, by the way, Joshua's April 6th, Malaya's April 22, Mila's uh, May 21, Jeremiah's May 26. So April and May is just like hectic fun. It's fun, right? So it's just a, a birthday season. It's my birthday and it's Mother's Day, and we honor my wife. She's the only one in January, so she has her own. <laughs> So, all right, all right, let's go back to what I was talking Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Today's the day you made. We will rejoice and be glad in it, Father. Lord, I thank you for my church family, Lord, from the bottom of my heart. They're just their love, their, their support, Father God. And, um, Lord, I just ask you, use my lips, use my words. Father, minister to them, give them the life that they need for today, Father God, as you continue that every day of their lives, Lord. I submit my message to you. Let's have fun today, Father God. In your name we pray. We all say... Amen and amen. You know, we took a break last week because we wanted to honor moms, and it was a phenomenal time during that time. We had Yolanda Mendes come out, give us an encouraging, powerful word that reminded me as a boy that my mom's not cray-cray, and I told her that later on. You're not crazy, mom. You just love me that much. And she says, I've been telling you that all your life. <laughs> and so it was just a, a phenomenal message. If you missed it, just go to, go to uh, uh, our, our Facebook page. You'll see the message out there. Or you can go to rlcholland.com, catch up with any message out there. But uh, we're going to continue on with part three of Journey, or the journey that we've been uh, doing. It's our series. You know, in the first two weeks, we really talked about growing into, from Christians to becoming disciples. And then number two was embracing the fights that we face in life. God didn't call you to be a wimp. In other words, he called you to stand on his word, okay? He says, I've equipped you for what you need for this day today. You know, sometimes we think about, oh, man, it would have been better if I was born, you know, in the 1800s where things were simple. No, God called you today. He wants you today. You know, he says, I've equipped you for what you need today. And so embrace those battles because the victory is already yours. And to continue on with part three, um, I really want to just uh, kind of veer off in a kind of a side note with this as we, as we come in uh, to our, our part three. But this journey... I asked God the other day, actually a few days ago, I asked God, God, okay, so we're doing part three, and I understand that, you know, we're getting these things going, but what is the point that you want to bring on this journey? And he had said, there are walks that we're going to be taking individually, but there are also walks we take as a church. And I said, okay. And he was showing me these things that we're doing as, a, as Resurrection Life Church. You know, our former pastor, Pastor Edgar Gomez, I don't know if you guys have known him. If you had, just a great honor just to get to know him. He taught me so much for 10 whole years before he moved to Guadalajara, Mexico. And he was just life-giving in my life. And I always try to find ways to do life with him, even from another country. 
And we do. We, we, we catch up. We were just with each other a week and a half, two weeks ago. We spent a couple of days together. He was sharing a vision of what's going on. And I always try to find ways for our church to partner up with his church. And so we were able, as a church, to provide curriculum to his church so he could bring teachings to them. And so we actually have a video real quick. We want you guys to watch this really quick. We have Pastor Edgar here all the way from Guadalajara, Mexico. And here's the thing. We have the privilege to continue to be a part of Radiante Iglesia out in Guadalajara, Mexico. And we're going to be donating this as a church to his church just to help him with the discipleship that's going on at his church. And so, Pastor Edgar, I'm passing on to you. Thank you so much, Jesse. Hey, listen, everybody. It's so good to at least greet you via video for now. I uh, hope to see some of you guys down in Mexico at some point in the future. But I want to say thank you. You need to know you have the best pastors you could have in this church. We love these guys. We are so grateful for them. We're so proud of the work that they're doing and what you all are doing for the city and now touching the globe. Thank you so much for investing these materials. We're going to use these to disciple people. New believers are coming to Christ all the time. Thank God. And Radiante down in Guadalajara. And now we're going to be able to equip them with the knowledge of God's word, but also a knowledge of his purpose for their lives. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for your generosity as a church, and we get to be a part of this whole thing. So continue to partner up in prayer with them as well, too. Love you guys. Thanks. Res Life, that's you guys being Christians, being a, a light uh, for Jesus in Mexico. Like, come on, you're a part of something in Mexico. You give, you invest, we're able to do stuff like that. And by the way, if you didn't know what book that was, that was Rick Warren's um, Why, uh, Why on Earth Am I Here? You know, and if you read that book, obviously it's, it's life-changing. Uh, really is, just gets to a point where, where um, people have a question, what's my purpose? Why am I here? You know, what's, what's going on? And th that was able to help Pastor Edgar and his team disciple these people as we continue to get going, okay? Um, also, I want to bring an encouragement to you. Now, I'm not trying to call people out, but if you have a Bible, like you, you own a Bible, raise your hand right now. Awesome. You can make noise, too. That's pretty exciting, right? Yeah, okay. If you own a phone, a smartphone, raise your hand and make some noise. Okay. The reason why I say that is because... It is so important, it is so important that we, as a, as a believer and as a disciple, have our Bibles on hand. You know, there are countless times where I had to look to Scripture when someone asked me a question because I didn't know on the top of my head, but I remembered the story, and I would go to my Bible and I would read it, and, and God's Word would do the rest. And so my encouragement is bring your Bible. And why did I say phone? Well, obviously we don't forget our phones, right? Look. Go to your phone, go to the app store, and download version. okay? And if you don't know what version, that's Y-O-U, okay? And in version, I don't want to spell it right now, okay? But version, all right? It's a free Bible app that gives you the translations you need. It gives it to you in Espanol. And check this out. Well, Jesse, I'm not a reader. It reads the Bible to you. Just plug in some earbuds and or let the Bible just get in. Let the Word of God get in you. And the reason why I share that is because there's going to be instruction in God's word that maybe people don't say it in a certain way, but God's word does, where you're going to take a journey with him, and he's going to tell you, I need you to take this direction right here, right now, and I'm going to confirm it through my word. And so it is so important. I was telling my wife this uh, a couple days ago. I was like, it's so important that they know they have to rely on their word because sometimes we make it easy and we show you guys the scripture. Like, oh, they'll give us the scripture up there. But let me tell you something. 
When you highlight and you, and, you, and you circle and you put footnotes in your Bible and you return back to that page maybe a year later or, 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 or months later, God will download what he put in you then and now and he would add more to it. So it's all because we are on this journey here on earth with God. And so going back to the question when I asked God, God, why are we doing this journey series? And he said it like this, very simple, but so impactful, because it's about your growth. That's it. Why do we make our kids eat vegetables? Parents, shout it out. Because I want them to grow. And what do we lie to them about? You're not going to get tall. It's a total lie. But we, but because we, the reality is, is we're so concerned, they need to get the right stuff in them so they can have a healthy body and a healthy life. You know, you're not getting taller because, because you didn't eat your vegetables is what we'll say, right? No, it's because dad is short. No, I'm playing. But, <laughs> but what I'm saying is this. We are so in tune with our children growing up healthy and strong, not just in the body, but in mind-wise. Do your homework. Make, God is the same way. Get in your word. Get your Bible going. Make sure you, you follow through. I have instructions for you because it's about your growth. I want you to grow. In other words, it's like, it's like our Heavenly Father saying, eat your vegetables, okay? Eat your vegetables, the word of God. But he has said this. The reason why it's a journey and not a sprint, more like a marathon, is because I'm going to take you places that I want you to soak in because there's going to be a lot of sightseeing as we go. Have you ever gone uh, uh, to, to a hike or through a hike or in some woods and you followed a trail and there's a lot of sightseeing going on maybe you're driving you know i remember uh the last two years my wife and i we go to a conference every july it just it's life-giving for our marriage it's life-giving for our ministry it's life-giving for parenting and it's something that we really invest hard into uh making sure we're there but it's all the way in traverse city and so we drive about three hours just to get up there um so there there are these routes that we always look at and we can take the express that gets us there in two hours and like 45 minutes but then we kept hearing about this M22 route. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like a lot of people are talking about it right now, right? M22, like, yo, you got to take M22. So I'm like, okay, all right. This is a couple years ago. All right. I look in there. I'm like, three hours and 15 minutes? No way. I'm not, I'm not going to take an extra half an hour to get to where I need to go. Okay, I'm going to take the express. But we talked about it. I said, hey, let's just check it out. People are really hyping this thing about M22. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. It's phenomenal okay but i'm like all right so we ended up going we took the scenic route we took 31 all the way to m22 and when we got to m22 man oh man was it a journey for my wife and i because we're cruising right because i have my 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 chick right here right i'm just playing baby she's my chick though (laughs) i love her so much so we're cruising and we're talking and hanging out and we're like whoa why haven't we known about this road like it's not even that far from here we can take the kids we have all these plans right but as we're going through M22, if you're familiar with the route, right when you get on the route, you start climbing like in this altitude, like the, the, the grounds get higher as you're going. And about uh, miles, and I don't even know how long into it, you're going and you get to this point where there's this dune. And you can actually park the car on the side of the road because there's parking. And you can take these steps really quick and go to the top. And you're on the top of this dune on M22. That should be a song, man, I'm telling you. Like, you're on top of this dune on M22. Okay, so you're on top of this dune on M22, and, and, and when we got to the top, you see all of Lake Michigan. I mean, from a high altitude. It's not like, like we're just at Tunnel Park or at State Park and the beach is right there. Like, you're above 
everything, and you can see the waves moving very slowly. You know how, like, when things move slowly, it's because it's so far away? Waves are moving slowly, but you can hear the waves crash on the shore. And I'm being blown away from the scenery. I could see clouds far away. I probably saw Milwaukee. I don't know. But I could, see, I could see clouds far away. And you could see there was dark clouds. There's a storm way out there. And I turn around and I could see the route of M22, just where it began. I mean, it's just, and you look around, you see the, you're above trees. It's just a phenomenal, breathtaking moment. And let me tell you something. When we take the journey with Jesus, the scenic route not my route. We know where we need to go. Yes, Lord, I will go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. But sometimes we treat God as an express. Just, let's just get there, God. Forget everything else around us. Let's, let's just get there really quick, okay? And we, and we treat God, in a sense, like an express when God's saying, I want to take a journey with you. You need to come on M22 with me for a while because I want to take you to higher altitudes, and then we're going to stop sometimes because I'm going to bring you to a higher altitude, and I'm going to show you your life real quick, what you're doing, what's going to come, so you can be encouraged and in charge. And recharge and what God is doing. You know, these journeys that I ask God, what, what's the whole point of this? He says, because I want you to grow. And let me tell you something. Those extra 30 minutes of taking M22 was so worth it because every year now we do take M22. We can care less about the, the expressway. We're taking the scenic route because we know that's a journey that we can soak in so much life. And by the way, it's memories now. We have these memories, these thoughts of remember that time. We want to go in the fall time now. We want to do so much. God wants to take a journey so you can take you, he can take you to higher altitudes and you can grow with him and he can reveal things to you. That's all he wants to do. But here's the thing. Let's be honest. Jesse, let's be honest, okay? Sometimes journeys are not fun. Sometimes it's hard. And so I said, okay, all right, you know what, God, what do you want me to say about that, huh? And he says, well, focus on two journeys. And I said, okay. Says, the first journey is your promises. All right. And then he has said, the second journey is your wilderness. And I said, wait, 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 hold on. He says, yep, it is your wilderness. <laughs> there is a wilderness that's destined for you in your journey. And I said, what? No, we walk in promises, you know, and I'm kind of rebuking God at the same. No, I'm just saying. But it's like, God, I don't quite understand what wilderness is. And he has said, you've got to look in the Bible. Again, important why we have the Bible with us, okay? And he says, you've got to look at my scriptures. And he says, look at all my people in the Old Testament and look at the people in the New Testament. They all took a journey with me, okay? But they weren't always pleasant. You look at the Israelites for a second. Yeah, they, they walked through the promised land. They ended up getting the promised land. But before that, what did they walk through? The wilderness, right? You look at Jesus' life. Yes, he's walking in the promises and he's sharing the promises to the people. And people are coming to the kingdom of God. But before his ministry started, what did he walk through? The wilderness. And he, God was showing me there are two journeys that we really uh, uh, go through in this life. And some of them are wildernesses. And some of them are just the promises that we've already had. But we're seeing them uh, happen in our life. And what God wants us to understand is this. Common denominator, main point about both journeys is that I am with you. I am with you always. I mean, I'll, I'll give you a reference scripture. Isaiah 41.10 simply just says this. God is with us. He's with us. Everywhere we go, the moment we surrender our life to him, he is with us everywhere we go, even through your wildernesses. You know, I think it was about two months ago, I remember Madi, my wife, was praying with somebody. And as they were praying, the lady looked at her and says, hey, are you ready for your wilderness? And Madi's like, what? Where did that come from? And she said, are you ready for your wilderness? The Lord is just saying that. That's it. I'm walking away. And she walked away, and that was the end of the story. But what had happened was my wife went through some stuff that was kind of tough, but she's out of the wilderness and she's developed. 
That's what wilderness uh, journeys do to us. We develop as we go. We start gaining strength as we go. We just don't see it, and we don't realize it. But God's saying, I'm getting you ready for something. I am getting you ready for what I'm, I'm preparing you now, so when you exit out, you're ready to go. Let's rewind a little bit. Jesus is in the wilderness. What is the one thing that you hear teaching about that wilderness that Jesus did that we apply in our life? Anybody? It is written. Every time the devil talks and tempts, it is written. And we can use that teaching so easy of just go back to Scripture and speak it to the devil. We learned something from Jesus' wilderness. Think about it for a second. We learned through the journey of wilderness he took that season, we gained something for us so we can resist the enemy at any time. And we can go back to Scripture. So let me remind you and tell you how important this is. Our journey, whether wildernesses or whether promises in life that we walk, whether it's tough or whether it's easy, God's saying, I am with you always, and it's about you growing. So it is important that we go to church. It is important that we read the Bible. It is important that we pray every day. It is important that we find ways to be discipled by God-fearing people. You know, we offer here at Resurrection Life Church, which, by the way, curriculum, programs, and discipleship, I think, are phenomenal. But reality is, discipleship is a lifestyle that we need to be devoted to Jesus. And we have this thing here called Growth Track. Okay, and I've talked about it many times. And really, the vision of Growth Track is to make sure you know God, you find freedom, and you discover your purpose and what you were created for so that you can make a difference in this world. In your workplace, in your home, at church, wherever you go, you can make a difference for Jesus. And, and, and reality is when we, when we uh, offer growth track, we really are teaching people from the same position, okay? We're teaching them from the same, whether you're a believer for five days or, 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 or five or 15 years, we start from the same position. And let me tell you something, God always pours into that person. And really, it's just a funnel for you to continue your journey as you move forward. My heart simply is this today. Before you leave, you will continue. Before you leave these doors, you will continue to, to walk this journey of life with Jesus. But then there's pit stops. Everyone say pit stops. Then there's pit stops in life, right? There's pit, st pit, pit stops in the week. And we do our best to offer that to our church family. Anybody else that wants to be a, a part of this? I mean, a pit stop for a, a, a NASCAR racer really is to fuel up, change the tires, get things going so they can continue the race. Because without a pit stop in the racing, who, who are some NASCAR people? Make some noise. I heard a, I heard a, <clears throat> that's what I heard. Okay, all right, well, I didn't know that. I don't watch NASCAR either. I just thought it was a good example, okay? But if you think about the concept, who's watched Cars the movie? Yeah. yeah, okay, there we go. That's better. That's better. You know, Lightning McQueen can't go. He tried it one time and he got a pop tire and barely, barely, barely tied the race. Pit stops are important to fuel up, to get yourself ready so you can continue the race in life. And we, we do that. We try to offer that on Wednesday nights here. Prayer. Come on a Wednesday. That's why it's midweek because we understand you're going through some stuff. It's a journey out there. And we want you to come in and just fuel up, get ready. And my excitement for the next one is we're getting ready to launch this fall of bridge groups. And I'll talk more about it during the summertime as we get going, but it's really a small group uh, setting that we're trying to create. And we have leaders that are, are being developed and prepared right now. We have all these things going. We call them bridge groups because we want to bring life to these people. And when you go to your bridge group, if you're part of one, it's a pit stop for you to refuel. 
fellowship, get around. I mean, we try to find ways not just to serve in this area in our church, but to serve outside of the four walls. Did you know serving is a pit stop? Like, what do you mean, Jesse? I'm working. No, you're not working. You're giving. And when you're allowing God to use you, you're being refreshed yourself. A pit stop is to refuel. Watch. Give someone to something that God told you to give, whether it's finances, whether it's time, whether it's your talent, whatever it is, you're going to walk away feeling fueled and purposeful and all of that's there because you were at a pit stop and you just got fueled up. And so we try to find ways for you to serve outside of these four walls. I mean, we partner up with Holland Rescue Mission right now, and we're doing everything we can to find ways to, to give towards them, whether it's volunteer work, or ta time, talent, or treasure. And I mean, we're looking even at Habitat right now in church. I'm asking you guys to pray right now. But I've been connecting, my wife and I have been connecting with, with the directors of Habitat for Humanity who brings shelter to people so we can share the gospel to them. And so we're trying to develop ways. Right now they said, hey, just pray for us that God will provide. And we say, yes, we will do that. We would, we're finding ways for you to have pit stops in life so you can be used and refueled even through the week. And then we come on a Sunday, we huddle together, we do our thing, and then we all say, break. Let's do it together on the count of three. I'm the quarterback. All right, here we go. Can I be Matt Stafford? Okay, here we go. All right, one, two, three, break. No, no, that was weak, okay, because we're a team. One, two, three, break. And then we go out and be ministers and lights to this dark world. That is the journey God wants us to take with him. That is the journey that we need to do. But the journey requires us to stay steady on our course, to stick the course. I think the Apostle Paul is the perfect example of that. Paul, Paul in Philippians 4, 11 and 13, this is what Paul goes through and this is what he says and I love it. He says, I am not saying this because I am in need for I have learned, everyone say learned, for I have learned to be content whenever uh, in whatever circumstance I'm in. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. But I have learned, everyone say learned, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. The key word in this scripture is learn. When you learn, you are a student. When you learn, you are intentional. When you learn, you are following somebody, which is Jesus in this case. You know, Paul says, I know what it's like to have little and what it's like to have much. But I have learned, no matter if I have little or I have much, to stay in my course and to stay steady is just to simply live in contentment. That's it. So when I have plenty, I don't just go do act and, and, and be somebody different. Or when I have little, I don't do act or be somebody different. No matter the circumstance, I stay the same. My heart is for God. My attitude's for God. My journey is with God. And that is one key. He says, just learn. And that is just one area of just necessities. He's just talking about that thing. If we apply that principle in all our life, we will always be steady. We will always follow the race that God has for us. Contentment is one key to stay steady out of the many keys that are out there, no matter what it is. Bottom line is this, and I'll close it with this, guys, okay? In your life, God just wants to be in the details, the detours, and the dead ends in your journey. The details, the detours, and the dead ends. Let's talk about details really quick. The details. What do you mean, Jesse, the details of my journey? The details are the small things in your life. The things that you really don't pray about because you think, well, it's just a small thing. God don't really care. 
But let me tell you something. The small things you think are small in your life is big to God. Because he wants to see the details in your life. Small things in your life that you give to God, the details of your life that you give to God, is going to help God reveal your purpose in life. Develop who you are. Because it is big to him, and he wants to use that. Psalms 57, 2 says this, I cry out to God most high, to God who will fulfill his purpose for me. That's acknowledgement that God will fulfill the purpose in my life. Details will reveal purpose in your life if you give it to him. So whatever you're thinking, oh, this is just a small thing in my life, it's not small to God. He really cares about your details in your life detours in your life we're taking this journey and, and and we're doing our thing and all of a sudden something unexpected happens have you ever driven on the road you're on a road trip you're going somewhere and you have your destination life is good the sun is shining the music's blasting you're worshiping god and then there's road construction and you start saying, oh, what is going on here and then there's a detour so what i'm not going to you try to shortcut something and you just get totally in a mess and then you're 25 minutes late to wherever you got to go you see, you woke up ready to go somewhere, and now you're still going to that place. It's just there was a detour. Do you know in our journey in life, there are detours? There are detours in our lives that we didn't expect. We had a plan, but a detour came up. Something unexpected. Sometimes it's tragedy. Sometimes it's a lost position. That wasn't a part of the, the, the route I was taking with Jesus. And so these detours happen, and you're like, well, what am I going to do? And so you have a choice to make. Am I going to truck this through, find my own shortcuts to try to get where I'm at, but break all these laws and risk the fact that I might get a ticket through all this? Or am I just going to allow God to continue to take the wheel and walk this journey and this detour with him? Because even though you were surprised, he wasn't. Even though you feel like, huh, life, what happened? I wasn't expecting this. God is still on the throne. He didn't fall off of the throne and say, oh, oh my goodness, that one blindsided me. God is still on the throne. He is in the throne of your life. The only thing that you have control of when it comes to thrones is, is he enthroned in my heart? Or am I going to throw him off of my heart during this detour moment? Come on. Where are we at in our detours in our lives? You look... You look at the, at the fact that when we look at detours, these unexpected turns that we have, I, I think of Genesis chapter 27, or sorry, Genesis chapter 37. It starts at 37. There's a whole story about it. So I encourage you guys, read the story of Joseph. Joseph, you probably saw the movie, The King of Dreams. But read the story itself and let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Joseph had a gifting, and that was dreams, okay? God spoke to him through dreams. That is gifting right there. God gave him another gifting of interpreting dreams, and he told him what he's going to go in his life and what is going to happen. But the detours were this. His brother sold him into, slave, into slavery, okay? He was in prison for something he didn't even do. He's in prison for many, many years. Are those detours or not? But it was during the detours, there was development in, in, in Joseph's attitude and his demeanor and what he was going through because of the calling that he had in his life. And God wanted to use him. And I guarantee you, through the midst of all that Joseph was going through, he probably questioned God a bunch of times. Why am I in another detour? I didn't even touch her. Why am I in prison and I'm being accused of this? I was faithful to you, God. Why am I here? I'm interpreting all these dreams and, and all these things in people's lives, but I still can't understand my own dream. What's going on, God? 
And it is during those moments, Joseph didn't even realize it, but he's being developed as a person because God says, through this development, through these detours, we're going to get to the destination. Now you're second in command of Egypt. What detours are you going through in life right now? That you're saying, God, what's going on? Being faithful and doing everything you're doing. What are those detours that you're facing right now? That you have an opportunity to say, God, I'm still going to walk the journey with you. Lead me. Because let me tell you something. There is something he's going to do in your life. I don't know what it is. He knows what it is. But if you allow God to be in the midst of your detours in life, whatever you face, whatever unexpected turn that showed up in your life, God will still take you to the destination you were called to be in. You were called. It was created for you. And the last one is this. Dead ends in our journey. The dead ends. Well, what do you mean dead ends? <laughs> Ever gone driving, you think you know where you're going, and you hit a dead end? You're like, well, okay, I was wrong on that one. And you're kind of looking for help. I know back in the day, it was stopping at a gas station. Today, it's, you know, stopping with Google and say, hey, where am I at? But there are these dead ends that we face in life, and in other words, it's, it, it feels like all is lost. <laughs> I'm lost. I don't know where I'm going. All, everything, it's just, it's, it's falling apart. I'm at a dead end in life. You know, sometimes we can interpret that as we hit rock bottom. We hit rock bottom. What do you do during that journey and during that time, during that season? Well, Jesus showed me John chapter 11, the story of Lazarus. And I don't have time to go into it, so read John chapter 11 this week. And Lazarus had two sisters, Martha and Mary. Lazarus gets in up getting disease and gets sick, and he ends up dying. And they bury him. They had the funeral. Everything's there, and he's in the tomb. For four days, four days went by. On the fourth day, Jesus shows up. And the Bible says, and it's really one of the shortest verses in the Bible that almost anybody can quote, and it says, Jesus wept, which really shows the humane side of uh, uh, the humanity side of Jesus where, where he was real. <laughs> he had real emotions. Don't be afraid of real emotions, people, men. Don't be afraid of real emotions because Jesus showed it, and it was compassion for his people, knowing the results, but he still cried with them. And so, so these sisters are in these dead ends in, in this journey that they're trying to do and serve. By the way, same sisters that served Jesus in the house that were kind of contemplating with each other and Jesus was giving them a teaching. Same sisters that, that wanted to do what Jesus wanted them to do. Jesus shows up and one of them says, if only you were here. That kind of sounds like attitude there. If only you were here. This wouldn't have happened, Jesus, if only you were here. And I love it because Jesus didn't debate. He didn't argue. He said, I am the resurrection life. He knew exactly when to do it and how to do it. And he cried with them. And then he said, am I not the resurrection life? And he looks at the tomb. He says, move that stone out of the way. These sisters are in this dead end in life. All hope is lost. Everything is lost right now for their brother. And the, the tomb is rolled. And I love it because Jesus looks at the tomb and says, Lazarus, get up. Or rise up, whatever translation you want to do. And the Bible says, he woke up, he walks out, fully wrapped, still, alive. <laughs> and then I love it because Jesus says, he assigns these people, take those, those wraps off of that. It doesn't belong in them anymore. Take them off. And they take all the wraps off and the man is alive again. And they're celebrating afterwards. What are you trying to say? There was a dead end in these sisters' lives. Jesus was there the whole time. They still walked the journey with them. And Jesus made a way for them and the brother. 
Not only that, they had direction and they had life. What are you facing right now that you feel like it's just a dead end? There's no hope, but God's saying, I want to bring that back to life. What if it's a relationship? What if it's an attitude? What if it's a, I don't know, whatever God is putting in your heart that you feel like it's a dead end. My marriage, it's a dead end right now. My children, they're just rebelling. It's a dead end. And you just wanted to stop and cry and just cry. Because when you do, you know Jesus cries with you. It says, Jesus wept. And so he feels that pain that you go through. But then he looks at you and he says, hey, I'm the resurrection life. Don't forget that. Let me work. And what happens is you say, okay, I trust you. And you hold his hand. And what was dead end, what was a dead end, is new life now. And there's a direction to go because he overcomes any death in life. You feel like you're hopeless. Maybe you're, you're, you're feeling like, I, I'm dead inside right now. I don't, I, I don't know what to do. Well, this is your opportunity right now. We had a little thing at the altar a while ago where everyone came up and we were repenting. But now this is a salvation call. I want to lead you to a prayer. If you have never accepted Jesus in your heart this way, and you said, you know what? I, I didn't know I had to accept Jesus. Yeah, the Bible says you do. The Bible says actually you have to believe with your heart that he is Lord and Savior, that he died for your sins, that he went to hell for you, and then three days later he rose, he conquered that, took the keys of Hades, came back to life and says, here you go. Whoever wants to come take it, just come to me. The Bible also says I am the gateway. I am the only way. I am the one way. There ain't no other way. The Bible says he's the only living God on this entire earth. Every other little G God in this earth offers you nothing. But Jesus offers you an abundant life and an eternal life. The Bible also says that God loved us so much, he sent his son Jesus with the mission to die, thinking about us, thinking about you in his heart and in his thoughts. So that you might, that you might accept him. Don't be a part of that. Be a part of, I will accept it. Be the other side of, you did it for me. So that's you. In the count three, just shoot your hand up. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'm not, don't, don't close your eyes. Don't worry about that right now. This is your declaration. I just need Jesus in my heart. I did it. My wife did it. A lot of these people did it. We're not going to stare at you. We're going to actually encourage you and say, okay, what can we do to connect with you? Let's become buds now. Let's, let me show you some next steps. Let's get you some things. Let's plug you to our church family. That's you in the count of three. Shoot your hand up. I'm going to pray with you. One, two, three. Shoot your hand up. God bless you. God bless you. You and you. You and you. Anybody else? Anybody else? I can't see back there. Yes, the whole row back there. That's awesome. Awesome. God bless you. You guys can put your hand down. God bless you. You can put your hand down. God sees you. I see you, but more importantly, God sees you right now. He sees your heart. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. All you're going to do is repeat after me and mean this with your heart. And I'm going to believe the Spirit of God is going to live in you and something is going to change inside of you. But God wants you to nurture that. God wants you to run with that. God wants you to take the journey with him. Stay plugged in. Let us lead you here. Let us help you with that. We're not your answers, but we will show you who the answer is. Let's all do this together. Say, God, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, I know you died. And it was for me. And I ask you, to forgive me of all my sins. I'm sorry. I receive your mercy and your forgiveness by my faith and the faith in you, Jesus, because you are alive.
you are well. Put your spirit in my heart in the name of Jesus Christ. And we all celebrate by saying... Amen.